Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show on Nothing But Net Radio. I am your host, Zach Mikosh from DenverStiffs.com. Check us out on Twitter at DenverStiffs. Check out Nothing But Net Radio at MBN-Radio. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs, And give us a follow and a like on Facebook, uh, especially because right after this show, uh, I am headed over to the courts to do a live show, a live Q&A, um, while the Nuggets do their warm-up for the game tonight. So if you want to catch that, you'll find it on Facebook. Got to follow us there. It's the only place you'll see it. All right, um, let's get into our our co-hosts. First, from from Colorado Springs, I have Ms. Ashley Douglas. Ashley, what's up? Not much. It's early Saturday. How are you? It's uh, I'm well. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is awfully early here because we are recording pregame uh, this morning. So, still snowing in my neck of the woods, but apparently Colorado Springs is not not the case. Is that is that that's correct? It's sunny and not warm, but warmish. Come on down. All right. I, I should. I should. I, well, where we know it's definitely sunny, or maybe not. Maybe it's raining. But uh, all the way out there in Los Angeles, Mr. Mike Olson is with us as well. Mike, what's going on? Um, well, it, you know, I, it is good morning. I'm I'm not sure that I'm usually awake at this hour, so uh, this is this is fun. This is a good time for us to chat. I I could you know who knows hallucinate through a little bit of this. I'm I'm excited for this. <laughs> this is when we're going to get the the most creative takes from Mike. <laughs> Half asleep. Yeah, that's that's what everybody's wanting for sure. <laughs> it might, make, yeah, hey, it might make for a really great show. You never know. You never know. Uh, well, we, I, I appreciate it. It is, it is awfully early over there on the West Coast, but um, we couldn't, we couldn't do it without you. Oh, you're very kind. That's and right. I, I hear you guys do it very well without me all the time. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm big fans of both of you. So this is, this is fun. This is good stuff. <laughs> Well, I, I will say this, though. I do always, if I know I'm going to have at least one other CSU Ram on the show, then I, I usually try and get two so then we can have the all Rammy uh, podcast, right. which we haven't done in a while. So so we That's got true. that going. Yeah. Get the band back together. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> that is right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. So we've got... Um, We've got a, a, a fairly big show because we we didn't uh, we didn't broadcast last week. Um, if you guys were if you guys were tuning in over the holiday, I thank you um, and I appreciate that. Um, but you just probably got a rerun of, of of the week before, so you know we took the week off just because it was Christmas um, and it gets really busy for all of us around that time. Uh, but we are back, so I want to uh, I want to go all the way back. I want to start with the Nuggets who went on a three game win streak um, right there. Uh, basically before Christmas and then and then through, uh, they they had the, of course the big back to back wins against the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors um, on the road. So I want to talk about that a little bit and then and then they beat the Jazz back at home. Um, then they went then they went and played Minnesota and I want to get into Minnesota specifically <laughs> because I think it's uh, we've had some interesting comments from from some of their players about maybe this being a budding rivalry. It seems to be a team right now that the Nuggets uh, are struggling to beat. So I, I really think there's a lot to talk about them. So I want to talk about that. Uh, we'll take a break. 
When we come back, we'll get into Trey Lyles, who I think has been uh, a revelation this month in December. And as we're here right at the end of the month, it's probably a good time to talk about him. And then if we get a little bit of time, um, we'll get a, we'll preview the Sixers game uh, that's going to be happening tonight. So that will be our show. Um, and without further ado, let's let's get right into it. So I want to go. Let's go all the way back to that three game win streak. Um, the Nuggets. I think everybody looked at the Nuggets when they had to go on the road there to Portland and then to Golden State, and it was back-to-back, you, you were like, okay, if they, can, if they can steal that game in Portland, then it's fine. Because everybody was writing off that Golden State game as a loss. Um, and, and why wouldn't you? Uh, it, 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 if ever there was a, <clears throat> a schedule loss, it was that one. Yeah. Uh, but, they, but they don't, right? They, <laughs> they end up winning it. Um, and then they come back and take care of business against the Jazz. Mike... What, what to you was the most impressive part? What, what, is it just the win in Golden State, or is there something else, like this individual aspect that was most impressive about that three-game win streak? You know, um, it, it really, um, I, I hate to take the simple route with this, but it, that, that win in Golden State really did say a fair little bit about uh, where this team has come to from the perspective of, of um, not just resilience, but their own expectations of themselves. It You know, it... They had every opportunity and that chance to say, "Hey, we we already won one of these games. We're gonna just right. just take it a little bit easy, you know. It, everybody would be happy with us coming home one and one, and expects us to lose tonight anyway. So, had they taken the night off, I don't think anybody would have begrudged them one bit, and and they didn't. And and I think a lot of what they're showing lately in in uh, you know grit and and stepping up in moments when they're not necessarily expected to." Um, they they seem to be pushing the right buttons uh, for themselves, you know, uh, mentally, uh, emotionally, on some of these moments where it'd be easy to have a letdown. Yeah, no, absolutely. And coach, you know, coach kind of talked about a pregame against Golden State about how he said, you know, what, hey, we um, everybody's uh, everybody's counting us out on this. Everybody's uh, just assuming this is a loss. It, it would be real easy for us to to just you know fold. But let's let's go ahead and let's you know let's just keep it close and let's just keep playing and we got nothing to lose and then hey maybe at the end of the game we can steal this one and it, it's funny because they ended up not having to really steal it yeah, all they ran away with it right they, exactly right they led led without throughout I don't know here's the funny thing I, I, about that game and why why there's part of me that doesn't want to say it's the most impressive part is because the game it was actually an awful game of basketball oh. like it was I mean, <laughs> yeah it was, it was terrible right because Golden State's on the back of the back too so it was just. I mean, it uh, it was kind of like watching a college basketball game, you know, where it's just, and this is not to you know, disparage uh, college basketball at all, but it's just the, the, the talent level's not as high. And you get a lot more of, like, shots that miss or, or miss badly, uh, which we saw a ton of. You get a lot of really dumb turnovers. We saw a ton of that in that game. Um, but it is, I like the what you bring up, Mike, though, about the mentality part, because that is impressive, because you're right. They could have just folded, um, and, and nobody would have said anything. If they had got blown out by 30 against Golden State, everyone would be like, Matt, schedule loss, and we all, would have all just moved on. Um, so for them, to, for them to have the pride to, to say, no, we're going we're gonna to come out here and we're going to win this game, uh, that, that speaks volumes. Ashley, what about you? What were you most impressed with with this uh, win streak? You know, I think last season we saw moments where the Nuggets, we keep calling them the young core, but, you know, this group that's kind of currently playing, you know, with Trey Lyles added to that now, they kind of surprised themselves. They would go out there and have a really good game and like, whoa, where'd that come from? That's kind of awesome. We, we might be good, right? And I think this season they know they know who they are a little bit more. And I, I was really impressed to see them put that into practice. Like, okay. We know what we're capable of. We're going to buckle down and get this win against Portland. I think Jokic really showed up. Um, right. I, I probably was most impressed with seeing him rise to the level of aggression that we wanted to see in that game um, and totally, you know, put Yusuf Nurkic in his place, which was right. so gratifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that uh, I mean, we've all been waiting for that, right? I, it's this is now the the third time um, Yusuf and, and and Nikola have have gone up against each other, and, and the first two matchups were definitely in favor of Nurkic, especially the first one. I mean, he got absolutely uh, just manhandled. Um, so it, it was nice to finally, yeah, to finally see him not only to see him win, but but to see him win emphatically and and to. Uh, to really make it really look like he was out there and taking that personal, that matchup personal, and making a, a conscious effort 
um, to be very aggressive and beat him. And you kind of, it's funny, it kind of makes you wish like, could everybody get under or get under his skin like that? Or should we maybe start talking about how Jokic has, has underperformed against every single big man that he plays against? Because you kind of want to see that. Fired up. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see that every night from him. I mean, that's the Nikola Jokic that you want yes. um, night in, night out. And, and, they sometimes don't get it, and, and it's and it's just an interesting thing. I think when when he he it shows you when he puts his mind to it, uh, he can be that aggressive scoring do it all number one guy on your team. Um, and but, and when he doesn't, and and that's uh, that's the funny part. It's it's part of that youth thing right now, right? Is uh, you don't want to have to push those psychological buttons all the time, and you don't want to have to right. basically find a way to get somebody to get up for all of these things that's that's part of the you know it's part of the role of taking over the leadership piece but it you know uh, that's that's really easy to say from uh so far away and and (laughs) so many years away when when he's uh it's it's really something that he seems to be stepping up into more and more but it's it's that's that's a part of his growth as well as learning to bring that every single night right and and not even i mean I don't know if learning is even the right word. I would say just wanting to bring it Master. every single night. Yeah, even better. You know, like, and, and it's not to say that, like, Nicole is, like, lazy or anything like that. No. He's not. No, that's no. what I'm getting at. No, but no. he's just, he he just wants, I think he wants so badly to to help or, or to get that assist, to set up another player. Um, he wants so badly to, to work within the team. And I think, and wants so badly to not be looked at as, like, that ball hog kind of, you know, guy but sometimes they need him to be that and sometimes they just need him to want to do that um i think he's still learning what moments is appropriate and what moments he needs to facilitate you know i think right i I was looking back and i'm like gosh literally just barely one year ago he emerged as kind of this this leader of the nuggets and i'm like that's that's not that much time i mean considering that there was the off season and, and everything so I mean, he's really come a long, long way in a very short period of time. It's a, it's a great yeah. point. We say we say these things like you know he he needs to know when to when to do this and when to do that, and and I say that like I I would have any friggin' clue when to do either, <laughs> basically, right? And so um, yeah, it's it's that's a great point. It's uh, it's something that is gonna have to come in real time and. All of that moves so fast that um, it, it would have passed me by the time I'd have made a decision. So um, good on him that it keeps coming faster and faster. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. He, um, it's, it's, it's just like the next step of his development, right, that we now need to see. And I think we're seeing it, which is really cool because uh, every year uh, Jokic has, has, has gotten better. And every year he's sharpened up you know, his game. And now to the point where his game is so sharp on the court, or at least you know, in the physical aspects, uh, that it's more the mental kind of stuff that he needs to sharpen up at this point, uh, and we're seeing it this year. You know, we're seeing it with uh, with this kind of growth as we talk about, like with leadership and, and scoring. Have you guys also noticed not as many of the dumb fouls uh, this year? Still a couple, but but he's. Um, oh yeah, that's gotten way better. Thank right. goodness, right? Yeah, that, no, right. no more early foul trouble that, for Jokic. That <laughs> long reach swipe uh, frustration foul. It seems to be on its way out, and it's really good to see. Exactly, because that's that's the best way to defend Nicole Jokic is get him on the bench in foul trouble. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, we, we we were kind of brief diverted there into a Nicole Jokic <laughs> tangent, but that's okay. That's okay because uh, I was looking at this rundown on the on the three game win streak part, and I was like, this is basically the same stuff just repeated over and over. So let's tell you what, we'll just we'll just move on. Let's move on to Minnesota. Um, well, actually, you know what? Before I do that, I, I just want to get this last, or this last kind of part in here. I'll ask you first, Ashley. Do you feel like now after this three-game which especially after winning those back-to-back games uh, in, in Northwest, does it feel like the Nuggets have like taken that next step into where it's now Now we're not worrying, is this team going to make it in the playoffs, you know, uh, or are they going to they gonna end up just missing again? Now it's more like, okay, where are they going to land in the playoffs, and can they win a first-round matchup um, against, against one of these teams? Does it feel like to you that they've kind of turned that corner? I, I definitely think they have. They've leveled up, in my opinion. I think they've they've understood how to go in and win a tough game. It's no longer this feeling. Like last season, when, going into a game, it was like 50-50. They're going to get blown right. out or they're going to blow somebody out. Who knows? <laughs> right. You know, and it could be different from night to night. And so I think now we're starting to see much more consistency. And, you know, 
they're able to win closer games. I don't know that they're able to win close games just yet, but I think definitely now it's not a question of if they're going to make the playoffs, but are they going to land in the in the top five and top four? Um, and and that's huge. If you look from last season, from nine to like fifth place, right. that's incredible. You know. So right. yes, yes, I do. Mike, what about you? I um, I like Ashley's answer much better than mine, so let's just stick with that. Actually, um, no, I you know I think I think so, but uh, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys because there's so much youth around this team, right? And and when you right. talk about like, I mean, as much as I've loved say the the play of Trey Lyles, and I know we're going to get to that a little bit later, that's that's one more young piece to add into this, and that's one more piece of volatility right now to add into this, and so I. I think so. I mean, it sure looks like it over the course of the last few games, right? Like we've started to figure out a few of the pieces of the puzzle, but you know, to be fair, we haven't played against the greatest defenses along the way, save, you know, Golden State has a very good one and we still beat them. Um, there's there's all kinds of chances for them to still take that, you know, two steps forward, one step back approach and for us to be having this similar discussion somewhere hopefully not but somewhere around the all-star break um so i i i want to believe that but let's for me it's more of a let's let's wait and see um i i think they have and what's most frustrating is if they do take that one step back we all know we've all seen and they know they've all seen that they can do this it's just a matter of uh you know practical application of of knuckling down and 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 making it happen so right yeah, absolutely. It's um, well, yeah, and, and it's a matter of I think with a young team, one of the things that you um, that you worry about is if they get into a rough patch, how hard will it be for them to pull themselves out of it? You know, that's uh, that's something that can typically happen on a on a uh, for for a younger team when they get into those kind of streaks, they they tend to have a, a struggle. I think um, I think what's most exciting is is they've had a reputation, and we've talked about this actually the three of us on one of the previous podcasts. They've had a reputation for being soft, right? I mean they've they've had a they've had a reputation for people being able to push them and them not push back, um, for them to not respond as much. For I mean we've we've talked about that also being a part of the the road losses and some of the rest. Um, this this was two important road wins, and they are showing over and over again that when they hit a moment of hardship, um, they are they are willing to step back into that and 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 at least try to slug it out. Um, that has right. already proved, uh, you know, given them a lot of fruit. And and frankly, to me, that's a great way to head into sort of the Minnesota chat here because out of the four games they played even though that was the loss, that was the most impressive one to me out of all of them because they, man, you know, you're down by 19, four games and five nights and, and they come back and, and <laughs> they should have won that dang game. So, um, right. it's, it was, I, I like where this team keeps, you know, they, they keep digging down deep and, and, and that's, that's going to pull good results by the end of the season for sure. I think, yeah, and I think of that that probably is the thing that maybe makes me the most feel like that, that yes, they have turned this corner. I'm kind of with you. I want to wait just a little bit longer um, to say 100% sure yes, but um, you see the resiliency in them, and we saw it specifically in that Minnesota game, right? Like, like you said, they were down 19 points. At any point, they could have folded. Um, they did not, and they, and they took it all the way to the, in, into overtime. Um, and then just got Jimmy Butler, <laughs> but it showed. I, it, it was once again. It was a very encouraging, uh, an encouraging sign. It also reminds me of the loss to uh, the Celtics a few weeks back when it was at the end, the last game of the road trip, um, and and it was another game where they could have just folded and, and got blown out, and they didn't. They they fought throughout the entire time and won. Um, getting into that Minnesota game though, because because it is like I said, I think it's really really was an interesting one. Just not only this one, but the one. Um, they played about a week ago too. Was also very interesting because they they're really actually quite similar. Um, so after that first game that, that that they played against Minnesota at Denver, that the, the Timberwolves won, uh, one of only three losses the Nuggets have at home this year. Carl Anthony Towns said that you know that they took this game personal and, it, and you know basically was the, the, this kind of was a rivalry game um, um, for Minnesota. Ashley, do you think do you see that becoming a rivalry these two teams? I do. I <clears throat> I feel like every time I watch the game, I get 
I'm very interested in seeing them be feminists at a Timberwolves because I think that it's it's every time they play, maybe not every time, but I feel like the last few times I've seen them play that I've been so excited about. It's just been this crazy game and so interesting. I've seen them go into overtime against Minnesota and win, and then you know this last game they went into overtime and lost, and so it's just this. I think those kinds of games. That's how the Portland rivalry kind of started before the, this Yusuf Nurkic thing came into play. But right. like Portland, they would come to Denver and it would just be this like battle and, and they would win at the very last moment over the Nuggets. <clears throat> and and that was so hard to watch. You know, it's so frustrating when you win a game like that. <laughs> They're just right. fighting and fighting. So I, I definitely think it could be in, uh, with Jimmy Butler on the Timberwolves. He was what he was the piece. He was that um, kind of mean, tough piece mm-hmm. they needed mm-hmm. to, to level up. Right. So he was the, uh, I would say I would call him. He was the Jimmy Chitwood for all those uh, <laughs> fans out there. You know, he's the That's one who right. makes, it, makes it all work. Um, That's right. <clears throat> when you add him into it, uh, I think it is. I think it's good, uh, or, or that it's got a good chance of becoming a rivalry for this. We've been talking about the playoffs and and and. Um, you know where the Nuggets might land in terms of seeding, uh, and and I always think that the best way for a rivalry to really gain steam is you you play you play against each other in the playoffs uh, in high stakes games um, where the emotions are on the highest, and and so if we're, we we were talking a lot about the Nuggets maybe getting the four or five seed, which is right about where I, I kind of feel like they they could land as well, um, especially if they can keep this up without Millsap and then get him back. Uh, well, if they hit that four or five seed regardless of which one it is, the other team that's probably the most likely to be in that spot is the Minnesota Timberwolves, which means there's probably a good chance uh, that the Nuggets and the Timberwolves could end up playing each, against each other in that first round um, of the playoffs. And so I think that's a, that's probably that, the best chance of any team that they've got of making a rivalry because they're, they're a division rival, um, which is big. And they're really the only division rival who the Nuggets have a chance of seeing in the playoffs this season. Uh, so... I, I, I tend to think it, it definitely could go go that way. Mike, what about you? I I mean, I think you guys have nailed all the all the big beats, really. It's I mean it's it's a division team, right? And and you've got a couple of young uh big men on, on both teams that really that play very different styles but seem to match up well against one another. I mean, we've seen some really interesting games between those two teams that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've never heard Jimmy Butler become a verb before, but but uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Zach. That that is that is absolutely what happened. Um, that that overtime was we we were definitely Jimmy Butlered, um, and and uh, I how could it not end up being a rivalry? And that's kind of what's getting exciting about our division, right? I think about all of the teams in our division that for the longest time, over the last few seasons, have just sort of taken us as a foregone conclusion. And all of a sudden you think about what's starting to happen with us in Minnesota. <clears throat> what right. is definitely happening with us in Portland. Um, you know, what's what's happening with us in OKC. And suddenly it's like, oh, man, these, these division games, I get up for them as a fan because I'm like, I, I want to go punch Russell Westbrook in the mouth, basically, right? I, this, this is getting cool. This is, this is exactly how this should should be feeling for for us as fans and and even more so for the team to be taking these and and looking at these games and saying these these are extra important for us at the end of the season i mean think of how important you know some division games ended up being to whether or not we were in the playoffs or not last year right so this is these these are all a big deal and and the sooner that the team takes them that way the better we all are so yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you know it's funny. Even you can even think even Utah. Um, we've got that whole Trey Lyles, Utah bad boy yeah, thing going exactly. on. Exactly. You know? So it's um, yeah, the whole division. It's it, it, it's fun. It's getting fun, right? It's yeah. funny, and and the division's been been good. I mean, Utah's kind of fallen off at this point. Um, but those other four teams are all still very much in the playoff hunt. Well, and I, 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 I love the idea that Utah has fallen off, but it doesn't change the fact that until the other night, I mean, our two games in Utah. They pasted us. I, whether whether they were behind oh, yeah. us or not, they they knocked us out both of those games. So I, I'm glad to see us take that personally when we have them in our house. It was it was a good game. Plus, I mean, I think you know, for especially I, for me, uh, being a being a guy who really fell in love with the Nuggets in the '90s, um, 
I hate Utah. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, John Stockton and Carl Malone, yep. like those guys were just uh, the worst. I remember John Stockton set the assist record uh, against the Nuggets, and I was so angry. And I was like so angry at the scorekeeper because I thought he was, you know, he was giving him a, a home court advantage. Um, <laughs> some some questionable assists there that night. Let me tell you that. Um, they're all against all right, us. Let me, they're all. That's right. Well, it's just Utah because you know it's the Jazz. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, let me ask you this: Do if the Nuggets do end up meeting uh, Minnesota, or sorry, sorry, actually, before I get into that, let me uh, let me take a step back here. When, when we think about that game um, last night against, or not last night, last uh, week against the the Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler. <clears throat> what he did, and really he did it in the first game or the game two weeks ago at, at, in Denver as well. If you remember, he hits the big shot to put them up six with like 45 seconds to go. Um, that pretty much sealed the deal on that one. We've seen, I, I mean, we've seen like Will Barton do that a, a night, right? He did that, I think, in Port against uh, New Orleans. He scored like 11 of the Nuggets, uh, 13 points in overtime. <clears throat> but but I don't know that Barton's consistent enough to be, to be considered like the same kind of style or mm-hmm. same kind of closer as Jimmy Butler who I mean who on the Nuggets do you see and maybe being that guy who's going to step into that role when it's down in crunch time or when it goes into overtime night in night out you'd be like all right get him the ball he's the one who's going to score us the buckets and get us get us the win uh right now I think it's a it's a hands down Gary Harris I think yeah. that in my opinion I feel like he has developed so much in terms of being aggressive to get the ball to the rim and what we've seen from him this season is he goes to the rim expecting contact. He knows he's going to get it. He's not looking to draw the foul first. He's looking to score. And if he gets the foul, great. And so I think, I think that kind of um, attack mentality is really what Jimmy Butler has. And I think the nuggets, I think the nuggets could develop him. The other person I think potentially could develop into that would be Jamal Murray. But for right now, Gary Harris is, is leader in my book. That's an interesting because I, so I, I would expect the answer. Um, <clears throat> well, really, I I wouldn't expect Gary Harris, I guess. Would it, would, and I don't know why. Like you bring up a great point. I mean, what we've seen this year about his ability to get to the rim um, is really improved. His ability to finish has just become crazy. Yeah. I mean, right. He's got the he can do these these layups or these dunks that are just where he's got to swim through basically three guys. I mean, he had he had the layup just the other day where he switched hands midair. Uh, kind of almost yeah. like Michael Jordan. In the 360, and it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's just this like instinct he has. He's like, okay, I'm here, and I'm. he's not doing it because he wants a highlight reel. He's doing it because he's like, I need to get around the defender, and this right. is just what I. This is what my body did at that point to get around it. So right. I feel like his instincts are really, I don't know, I, I just love what, what he's doing right now. Yeah, no, I, that's uh, that, like I said, it's a great, it's a great choice, and one, but one I, for whatever reason, I wouldn't have thought of. But you're right. I mean, it's um, he absolutely could be that guy uh, for Denver. I think, I think maybe, maybe the reason you don't think of it is because he, he just is so good at just like working within the flow of the offense. You know that he's um, kind of quiet. Yeah, right. Exactly. He almost seems quiet um, because because he rarely makes a, a bad play, which maybe those are the ones that stick out in your mind mm-hmm. uh, more often. Uh, the other guy, of course, you mentioned that that would be the guy I would say who could develop into it is, is Jamal Murray. Um, and the main thing with Murray would he just has to be more consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the guy the guy has is shown he's got the ability to uh, he he can score at will. He can uh, he can get his shot off uh, against almost anyone. Um, he just has to be able to make it more consistently than he has right now. And so if he can do that. Then I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I'm a huge Jamal Murray fan just all around. I think uh, he's if you ask me who's got the highest ceiling of anyone, including Nikola Jokic on this team, um, I would say it's Jamal Murray. Um, yeah. But but he hasn't he hasn't got there, and the reason that he hasn't is because of this consistency, and that's that's a huge. I mean, that's why you can't really say Will Barton is the closer, right? Because uh, he might no. be one night, but then another night he might you know he might go 0 for five down the stretch. You just you just never know. Um, you never know. Mike, what about you? Who would you say should be the closer on this team? I, I first off, I love that um, Ashley and I are, are yet again consistently on the same page. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I've in in the stuff I write, I've made no bones about just what a huge uh, you know Gary Harris fan I've gotten to be, and and it would have been my answer as well, um, actually, and and so um, I, I think from I think from that perspective. 
Um, for me, it's it's about the fact that out of everybody on the team, and I think Ashley said this really well, um, Gary's just really sort of the 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 coolest head uh, right now amongst everybody. He seems to be the one that is is uh, you know no matter. The game can be, we can be up by 20, we can be down by 20, and Gary Harris is going a thousand miles an hour and and uh, approaching every play with that same sense of, you know, like drive. Um, and, and I really, it's one of my favorite things about him. Um, I, the, the other two pieces of this that really kind of strike me is, first off, I love, uh, weirdly, the fact that none of us have... Uh, brought Nikola Jokic up as as right. this guy, right? When when he's obviously our guy right now, and so to to have him not be sort of the focal point of the conversation, first off, is really interesting to me, and and second off, between that and Gary and Jamal Murray, who I agree is also you know a a, a real uh, core candidate for all of this. We've not talked about, you know, if, if Trey Lyles keeps up what he's doing, uh, what that eventually means long term. And, and so to me, moreover, what that ends up meaning, um, if, if all of these guys continue to get better and improve, um, if, if you're the guy trying to defend us, that's, that's where things get fun because, you know, which, which of those guys do you pick as the guy who's about to stick the knife in your back? So, um, right. We we could be really troubling, uh, you know, a couple years down the road because you just have no idea which one of those guys is going to just kill you. So, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, I mean, when I look at that, it's a, it's one of the reasons uh, I very I, I'm starting to get really really optimistic. Me too. Um, about the future of this team, because yeah, they've, they've they've it's starting to look like they've got some guys who are putting it together, and it's not just one guy; it's it's multiple guys. Um, and then it's they're going to be tough to stop so that's that's definitely cool um what about this mike if 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 it were this season though and and as we've been talking about minnesota if they if the nuggets were to get into a, a seven game series with the timberwolves um real quick here before break would you see them who would you see winning that series i guess um, it, I, I think it might come down to who had home court advantage in that series, because I think, that is a very good point. I think over the long haul, um, the Nuggets probably have a little bit more talented squad body to body than Minnesota, but I don't think just yet they've got the veteran toughness that, um, has, has gotten them Jimmy Butlered a couple of times. Right. Um, and, and that, and that's going to be key, especially from a guy who has played that many playoff minutes. And there's a couple other guys that Thibodeau has brought over of, of that ilk as well. Right. So I would, I would guess, um, you know, if we've got four home games, we can, we can afford to make a mistake in there a couple of times and still come out of it. Um, if we don't, we'd, we'd really have to fight because they, they certainly, um, they, they've got the guys who know what it takes to dig down in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And I, I think you're right there. Home court advantage, um, would be pretty much probably the decider there. Uh, cause you look at the teams, I mean, you know, Jokic versus Towns, Gibson versus Millsap, Wiggins versus Chandler, Butler versus Harris, Teague versus Murray. I mean, it's. It's a really, it's a really evenly matched starting lineup. So the Nuggets probably have a little bit stronger bench, a little more depth, uh, yeah, than, right than than the T Wolves do. But um, it's still, I mean, what you get after in the playoffs, right? You only end up playing at most eight guys. So I mean, you think the other the other three are for the Nuggets are going to be Barton, uh, Barton, Lyles, and Plumley, uh, and then I, I guess I think like maybe Crawford and. Jones and uh, I don't know Beal or Jang, I guess. Yeah, so the, I mean the Nuggets would have the advantage there on the. Um, of course, the you know bench, but... the other the other part of that that we didn't bring up. Thibodeau still burns his guys out. So, <laughs> but you know, you know, forty forty games from now, uh, let's let's see uh, which of his guys is still able to actually get up off the bench right at the moment. So um, yeah. <laughs> that is that is a very good point as well. Uh, Ashley, what about you? Would you take the uh, the Nuggets or the T Wolves in the seven game series right now? Well, it's I have a little bit of qualification first. If it if it's if it's the Nuggets without Paul Millsap. I think that they would battle pretty hard, but they would ultimately lose. I think it would be a seven-game series. Right. With Paul Millsap, I still think it would be a six- to seven-game series, but I think his presence on the team defensively would help them close a close game. 
which right. they've really, really had a problem doing. And so I think uh, he would be the difference maker for me. It's a great point. But yeah. it would still be a battle. Great point. No, yeah, that that is yeah, that is an absolutely great point, and and they uh, you you could very well be right. The Nuggets we haven't seen the Nuggets play the T Wolves yet with with Millsap, so that's um, that is kind of the big the big uh, outlier right now as to uh, as to this series. It's it's, it's it'd be interesting. I, I hope they do. I hope the these are the two teams that that end up as the four and five seed um, in the playoffs because I think that would be a great series, um, and I think it would be great for. For, for the rivalry like we're talking about, and, and I just think it'd be great, uh, great entertainment. So I'm pulling for it. All right, tell you what, let's go ahead, let's hit a break, um, and then we come back. We'll, we'll get into Trey Lyles. Looks like we'll probably have a little time to talk about the Sixers as well, so try and get a little preview of them, um, and then that'll be our show. So we will take a break. We'll be right back. been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Stiffs here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado, and that's Porter Laurie. You're listening to his single, Escape My Skin, right now, and if you're liking what you're hearing, his album, Hell or High Water, is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlaurie.format.com. That's P O R T E R L O R I dot format. Com. Give them a listen. Make it all in. I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in. But I can't escape my can't escape my skin. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show on uh, Nothing But Net Radio. I am Zach Mikosh at DenverStiss.com. We are sitting here with uh, Ashley Olson. And Ashley Olson. I'm one of them. I'm my sister, Mary Kate. I was going to say, this is. Oh, no. We did it. We did the Olson twins. It finally happened. Uh, that is why you don't do podcasts early in the morning. Oh, I love it. Or this shows, is awesome. I say. I yeah. say. Uh, that's funny. Ashley and Mike Douglas, Douglas actually. And, and that's a good name, too. This is perfect. My my uncle is named Mike Douglas, Mike. so it works. This is good. Anyway, we're a mess. Some heavy hitting guests on the pickaxe. Funny I'll say. Yeah, they don't know anything about basketball. Ashley and Michael Douglas exactly. join us. Didn't talk about the Nuggets at all, but it was the weirdest conversation I ever heard. It was. <laughs> 
Awesome. Uh, all right, all right. Enough, enough fun. Ashley Douglas, Mike Olson. That's who we've actually got on the show. Uh, we were talking about the Timberwolves, and we were talking about the Nuggets three-game win streak first half of the show. Now I want to get into who I think has been the um, really the star of December uh, for the Nuggets, which is Trey Lyles, who's been a been a, a revelation, um, if you will. He, you know, when when Millsap got hurt. I think he, he started getting a little bit of minutes, but it was really when Jokic went down and they, they just had to play him because they had um, they were so short on their big men. Um, that's really when we got to see Trey Lyles come out and, and become uh, this guy that now Coach Malone just can't flat out. I mean, Jokic is back, but he can't, he can't bench him. By the time Millsap gets back, um, he's likely not going to bench Trey Lyles. I think Trey Lyles has pretty much solidified himself in the rotation now. Um, and would be like I said, if the Nuggets are in the playoffs, when you usually run an eight-man rotation, I think Trey Lyles is one of those one of those eight guys. Um, and, and I don't think that changes with Millsap coming back or not. So let me ask you this, um, Ashley: When Millsap comes back, do you think there's any way uh, that Coach can put him back on the bench, or or do you agree that at this point he's he's pretty much going to be part of the rotation going forward? Man, I, I feel like it'd be a really tough tough case to bench him. I mean, right. he's so he's so effective, right? He's in the game and he's he's scoring, he's rebounding, he's passing, and he's really not turning the ball over very much. He's confident. I mean, it, he's just got he's. I was so shocked to hear he was 22 years old. Right. right when I was looking him up, I'm like, no kidding, really. He's he plays with such maturity and confidence. So I feel like potentially. Um, it's no secret I've not been a huge fan of Wilson Chandler. I, I mean, he could potentially take some of that time right. uh, from from Wilson Chandler, and I'd be comfortable seeing that. I think Paul Millsap needs to serve a big role too. So Malone's going to have a tricky time balancing that rotation once he comes back. Right. Yeah. And that and that's kind of the the harder part is is um, you know Trey's a he's a pretty pretty standard stretch four at this point. Uh, Wilson plays a lot of stretch four as well, so you're right. He could he could eat into some of those minutes, um, but Wilson also plays the three, which is a little bit tougher for Lyles, just because I don't think he necessarily on defense, especially, is going to have the quickness um, to stay in front of some of the small forwards in the league. Uh, so, but you could get some of maybe Wilson's minutes, and then you got to look where else and, and where I think a, a lot of the minutes could come from is actually the fact that they've chosen to bench Emmanuel Mudiay because Mudiay, when he was in, was playing that point guard kind of shooting guard role, um, and then and then Barton was kind of your your backup forward. Um, but Barton is obviously, I mean, he's undersized to play small forward, let alone he can't. I mean, you just can't play power forward. Um, so, yeah. so, but now if you bench Mudiay, you slide Barton into that shooting guard point guard role that kind of Moutier was filling and now you've got the backup forward position open so that's where I think they find the minutes for him um mm-hmm. Mike what about you do you think this is uh, that Trey Lyles is pretty much here to stay in the rotation I um <clears throat> I not only think so but I hope so and and what um you know what we haven't really talked about with uh with Trey or or any of these guys of late um the the way that things are starting to to click for the team really does seem to be the fact that they seem to be finding some defense right and and where right. Trey Lyles really ended up taking a ton of minutes away um initially at least when he stepped in um frankly is from you know Kenneth Fareed and right. and Fareed while he can you know he he also can be a, a powerful force on offense and he's he's worked hard to get better at his defense He's just not the same two-way guy that that Lyles has shown himself to be, and and right. the difference that this team makes, and this is very key with Trey Lyles when uh, you know because I agree he he maybe can't he's not fast enough to stay in front of a bunch of the threes out there, but he's certainly doing himself well in in front of most of the fours he's playing against. Right. Um, you know, taking taking a ton of charges, definitely you know sticking with his man and and and. And, and keeping him uh, pretty well locked down typically, that's the stuff that seems to be making a huge difference in, you know, not just is this a fun offense to watch, but, you know, wins and losses um, for this team. And so y- y- you see a guy like that come in and step up, especially, uh, you know, Ashley's point is well-founded. He's so mature for another young guy that it it's it's hard to not get excited about what all of these guys are starting to do together on both ends of the floor and that's that's what I really love about Lyles and what he's added to the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's um 
I, I'm with you. I mean, I, you hope, right? You hope that he doesn't. There's no way that he could be pulled out of this rotation because he's kind of – it's kind of just like a bonus. I think a lot of people going into this season, uh, you know, we had so many power forwards. Uh, I think a lot of them uh, kind of just looked at Lyles as like, yeah, you know, he's just not going to be the guy. I think most people thought, you know, Wancho was, was essentially going to be the guy who's going to kind of take that backup power forward role um, and win out against everybody else. And then, of course, you know, Wancho gets mono, which – um, which which he's he's been back from technically, but uh, I mean mono is not something that just uh, just goes away you know, one day. It's it's a long process. He might be feeling good enough to go nowadays, but probably is not a hundred percent. Probably won't be a hundred percent for you know the majority <coughs> of the season, if not all the season. And then, and that's opened the door for 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 Trey Lyles, and now it's at this point where it's like man. If he, if he works out, like if he becomes um, an everyday rotation player, maybe even even a starter, you know, is he, you think he could end up taking over the starting role after uh, after Millsap's contract is up? Um, that's that's such a huge a huge get for the Nuggets. And and let me ask you this, Ashley, when you if you if you think that and if or if you think that's what the possibility of him becoming is, um, and and you look at just what he's doing right now. Does how does that change your view of the trade uh, that they made on draft night? Because I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell is still playing um, really well over there for the Jazz. The Nuggets wouldn't have drafted him. They they likely, if they had just stayed at thirteen, probably would have just drafted OG Ananobi right there. Um, but but they don't do that either, right? They miss out on him, and I think a lot of people are really down on that trade. How does it? How does your view on the trade change now that we're seeing this out of Trey Lyles? Well, I think uh, you know I'd like to give. Uh, Tim Conley some credit and whether or not he knew exactly what he was doing or he just kind of got lucky. I don't know. Right. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think it was an awesome move for the nuggets. What they did with the trade with the, their pick. Uh, I'm not super excited about that right now, especially right. because Kyle Kuzma went later and put a sort of Caleb Swanigan. But anyway, uh, I think that, you know, the draft night was so weird but if Trey Lyles came out of that that horrible, weird situation, I think the Nuggets can say that was a win for them. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, and that's a good point. I mean, even if – because you're right. I think it, it's really interesting um, having Trey Lyles – getting Trey Lyles in that trade and then drafting Tyler Lydon, who is really similar – um, in playing style, which makes me feel like maybe maybe Connolly was just kind of gambling, and then he ended up getting a little bit lucky because he kind of seems like he hedged his bet there. And was like, well, I'll get both these guys, and one of them will end up being being that stretch for him. Looking for him. Right. Um, but uh, but but it worked out. I mean, or it looks like it's working out either way. And so that's to me. I mean. It, I, I was never big down on the trade, I guess, in terms of Donovan Mitchell but anyways, because, I, I mean, the Nuggets already had Gary Harris and Jamal Murray and Will Barton and Emmanuel Moutier, those all guys who can play the one and the two. Uh, it seemed unlikely that they would take another guy who was basically of that same mold um, like Donovan Mitchell. But but I was down on – I really thought they could use a defensive wing. I think they still really could use a, a solid defensive mm-hmm. wing, a solid defensive small forward. Um, and I really thought OG Ananobi uh, – was the was the guy that 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 would fill that role, which makes me man think about this because that was their target, right? So think about, and then the the Raptors take him at the twenty third pick, one pick in front of them. If the Raptors don't take OG Ananobi right there, um, and he he ends up falling to twenty four, how huge of a draft would that have been? I mean, if for them to get Lyles oh, yeah. and Ananobi, that oh. would have been. I mean, Tim Connolly would have looked like a genius, right? Everybody would have been still yeah. talking like, oh, my God, this guy is the greatest draft draft expert ever. And so maybe I think maybe people need to dial it back a touch um, with the criticism of that night because he was that close. He really was almost there to pulling off what would have been a great draft heist. Um, and, and, and instead, he still did pretty well getting Trey Lyles. Mike, what about you, though? Do you do you kind of change your viewpoint now on that trade um, and look at it as a win for the Nuggets? Um, you know, I, I mean, let's 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 see where it all goes. I definitely obviously Lyles is um, a great piece of the puzzle. And and it's funny because there were a few folks I remember early on, uh, not so much on stiffs, but a couple other spots that I saw him basically described as a throw in to all of this right and 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 now you look at it and think um you know from a sheer production perspective 
so far, now that he's had a chance to come and, and play, I'd, I'd say that you, you definitely say that the Nuggets got a good end of this deal. Now, um, you know what that ends up meaning for the rest of the trade pieces? We'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, had they gotten Ananobi the way the two of you were describing, yeah, it, it absolutely would have been. It would have been a haul very similar to a draft in which you pick up, you know, um, Yusuf Nurkic, Gary Harris, and right. Nikola Jokic all in the same draft, right? I mean, that's right. that's also one of those where you have to take a step back and. I, I think as much as anything, um, maybe what we saw this year is um, Tim Connolly's not sneaking up on anybody anymore, right? Um, they they know at right. least on on that night um, he's he's a savvy guy. They're probably watching what he's watching and his moves, um, and and so um, I, I have a feeling that was at least a part of why so many people were keyed in on Ananobi because um, we had heard he was uh, for sure, and and. Um, right. So it's it's sad that we missed out on that piece, and you you watched what Donovan Mitchell did early on in the season, and also being um, a, a fan of Louisville, I, I I was sure sad to not see him doing that for the Nuggets. But you know, think of what he would have taken away from a couple other guys who really needed uh, those minutes and time as well. And right, you know, it, it's. It, it it ended up being a really good thing for the Nuggets over the long haul, and and looks like it will be for the Jazz as well. We'll, we'll see. Right, right. It's it's one of those rare trades that's starting to look like it's a win win. Yeah. Um, no matter what, it's funny. It's funny that, that we you know everybody's starting to figure out that that Connolly's uh, savvy, and then it's funny. That, so the one guy who got him uh, was Masai Ujiri of all of all people. Yeah. But. Um, that I, maybe that's why it stings more for me because I've always been uh, I've always been kind of thought had a mixed feelings on Masai anyways and then uh, he's still he's still getting getting the Nuggets. He's in, uh, they're 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 both awfully good at what they do for sure. They are they are and and, and hey give some credit to Josh Kroenke man he has he does know how to pick out uh, executives pretty well um, or at least he's two for two. Uh, since he's been doing it. All right, tell you what, I think we, we kind of, I'm going to skip this last part about Trey Lyles being, on, being part of the long-term core because I think we're probably all a yes on that. Um, let's get into the, the 76ers because we've got a few minutes left here and I want to talk about them. Um, so Embiid's not going to play tonight. Uh, he's he's hurt. But, uh, but Ashley, what about this? If Just, just straight up, if you got to pick one, Joel Embiid or Nicole Jokic, which guy are you going with? Um, Nicole Jokic, for sure. I think, you know, his ability to facilitate and get the team going is is far exceeds what Embiid is able to do. I'm also, Embiid is super injury prone. He worries me. And so, uh, you know, I I just, I don't know how viable he'd be in the long term. You know, he, he, what kind of injury is going to ruin his career? I hope that doesn't happen to him because I hate to see it. But, you know, again, he's, he's hurt tonight. So we're not going to see him play. Yeah, that, I think that would be my thing too. I think Embiid probably overall just talent maybe has the edge on Nikola. Uh, he's he's also physical. That that's really what sets him apart from Nikola. Um, is is maybe not maybe I shouldn't say talent because they, I think they're both very close in terms of their basketball abilities. Um, Embiid is just so much stronger and more athletic uh, than than Nikola that that I think maybe gives him the edge, but. I would take Nicola because of the injury thing because it's man he's not only has he had injuries but he's he's had a lot of lower body injuries um, that have been season long in types of injuries and with those big guys you know you think of a guy like Yao Ming um, who who was great mm-hmm. but he lasted what maybe seven years in the league because he had he just kept having those those foot injuries and those those lower body injuries that that robbed him of his career so Nicola. Because almost funnily, because he's not as athletic um, and, and physically dominant, uh, he tends to avoid those injuries because he doesn't seem to. He doesn't have a lot of high impact moves, you know, that are that are putting a lot of stress on his body um, the way that Embiid does. So for that reason, he he's I think he's a much safer player, and and that's why I would take well, him. Because I just think long term he's going to be around more. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I look at a player, you know, you look at a player like Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, and individually they're great players. On a team, they're not necessarily great players. And so the reason I like Jokic so much is 
because he he elevates his teammates. And that's right. really what you want in a basketball player. Otherwise, we'd be talking about tennis. If, if Carmelo Anthony were a tennis player, he and, you know, his organization would be at the top of those matches. But this is a team sport, you know, so that's that's why I pick Jokic. That is an excellent point. He he raises all boats. Um I'm not sure about Melo tennis player. I, I, I was going to say, Ashley just made Carmelo a tennis player, and I followed Sorry. along. Anytime I get no, a dig I, in there with I, him, it's just. I, I, no, I liked it because I followed along, and I went, yeah, she's right. And and now I'm picturing Melo in, like, the headband with the, the little white shorts on <laughs> and going, this is this is working yes. for me. How did she do that? that yes. That's, that's, wow, okay. Maybe we can get Jeremy to make an image for us. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mike, what about you? Would uh, Embiid or Jokic, which guy would you take? I mean, I so so, I think I think most people right now are are laughing at all of us saying Jokic, just saying Homer, 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 right? And right. and and while I I will say, I mean, you know, Embiid's got a crazy great game, and and he certainly is the guy that right now you'd you'd prefer to see in the Sports Center highlights because, as cool as what Jokic does, even when that makes Sports Center, um, it it's just not as sexy as some of the things that Embiid can do right in this moment, but. But and, and while I totally agree with both of you around the injury piece, even if it turns out that Embiid has a, a long career in the NBA and, and can stay relatively injury-free, which is, uh, I think, the best you could hope from him is, is relatively injury-free, um, right. uh, over the long haul, and and, and, I'm, and I mean over the next decade, um, you know, his game just doesn't – any guys you see play that kind of game – that's that's a three-year, four-year, five-year game before you know stuff just starts breaking down, and and so even if he can stay outside of the injuries, he's not going to be able to play that style of ball ten years from now. Um, Jokic's game is like the giant version of of Andre Miller's game in ways, right? It's 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 an old man game that he plays, and and Jokic's game ought to translate to the basketball court just as well. 10 years from now as it does today. And so I think over the long haul, you end up just getting a lot more out of Jokic because what, what he does is something he can do over and over again. And, and it, I think part of it comes from the, the, the fat little point guard joke that he makes all the time. I think there was a point in his life that he just didn't want to move around the court all that much. And that's why he learned to do some of the things he can do. Right. And now he can, now he can actually add motion into the game. Thank goodness. Uh, but you know, it, it doesn't change the fact that what he learned from an early age is something that he could be that, that 50 year old guys can, can play if they've got that skill set. And so, um, he's, he's going to be powerful and effective for a long, long time in exactly the ways Ashley is describing. And he does make a team better where Embiid, that, that jury is still out. That's it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, that is a great point. Nikola Jokic is, uh, he's, he does play that old man ball game. So it's, it's funny. He's, yeah, there's nothing about his game that you're like, yeah, he's going to lose that as maybe his athleticism wanes because <laughs> yep. point out, he doesn't really have much to begin with. So yeah. And he's just um, going to get smarter and smarter. Right. So some of the exactly. stuff he's doing is actually only going to get better as he ages. So exactly. All right. Real quick. Cause we are just about out of time. Ashley, I'll shoot to you first. Uh, <laughs> who wins the game tonight between the nuggets and the Sixers? Um, I'm going to go nuggets. I think that they, you know, probably learned a lot against the Timberwolves the other night, and they've had a couple days of rest here, and hopefully we'll see them be tough against the 76ers. We'll see. And now that Embiid's out, I think it's definitely a win for sure. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, what about you? Same. I, I mean, it it would have been closer without Embiid, but i got to figure with him out unless we have just one of those real letdown nights, which – we're we're prone to do every now and again, but if if we don't have one of those, we should easily handle these guys tonight. That's that's kind of how I feel too. Though this seems like the Nuggets that man they they they've struggled against the Sixers in the past. If you remember that's that's when Emmanuel Mudiay had to hit that half court shot um, at the buzzer to win. It was actually against the 76ers a couple of years ago when they were the worst team in the league. <laughs> so. Yeah, that 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 maybe worries me, but I'm with you. Without Embiid um, and at home, it seems like the Nuggets should be should be the the clear favorites here. All right, he is Mike Olson at Visible Mike on Twitter. She is Ashley Douglas at Ashley NBA Hoops. I am Zach Mikosh at Zach Mikosh, as we've said during the show at Denver Steps at NBN Dash Radio. Uh, Mike Ashley, appreciate you being on, especially so early. Thanks, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having yeah, this me. was fun. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week.
It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.